Well, hello, listeners. Welcome back to Doxology Matters. This is season number five. This is January the 4th, 2022. It's hard to believe it's 2022. And we're so thankful that you have tuned in. I know some of you have been waiting for more episodes, and we have a lot of episodes planned. And the first one back today is on prayer with our senior pastor, Pastor Doug Eccles here at Bethel Baptist Church in Yorktown, Virginia. So it's good to have you. Hey, it's great to be back with you. Yeah. How's the year starting out? Well, so far, pretty good. It's been nice. Uh, Got a little bit of snow the other day, but, you know, things are going well. Now, do you like cold weather or I like warm weather. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely like warm weather. That's when baseball season is. Oh, I know. I've been watching a lot of NBA basketball, but I'm looking forward to baseball season. That's right. Now, you just started a new series on Sunday on prayer. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, about that this past Sunday? Yeah, so this past Sunday, I finished up actually a series that I started back in November through the book of James. And so the book of James ends with um, a message about prayer. And so that was kind of the end of one series and the beginning of another series. And so talked this past Sunday about prayer, how we can pray in all seasons. Uh, James says in James 5, 13, if anyone is suffering, let him pray. He says, if anyone is cheerful, let him praise. And so we talked about the importance of prayer in every season of life, that there's Mm -hmm. nothing that's too small, there's nothing that's too big. We can bring everything to the Father. Mm. I appreciated what you said about um, calling the elders to pray over somebody that's faithful to that text. Yeah, you'd mentioned that you'd done that before in the past. Can you share a little bit about that? I've had a few occasions where people have called and asked uh, for me to come over and to pray over them uh, based on James 5. And so I've you know, I've tried to be faithful to the text, and so I've gone to a pe- couple of people's houses, not a lot, but a handful of people's houses, and, um, you know, just take a little bit of oil with me and anoint, the, anoint them with oil and, and just pray over them in the name of the Lord, as it says in James. I remember we did that in uh, your office one time with, with the Longs and some other folks who mm-hmm. were there. That's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. How would you describe the act of prayer? What is prayer? The simple definition of prayer is it is communication with God. It's Mm, just an opportunity for us as believers to talk just as we're having this conversation right here, you know, having a conversation with the God of the universe. Um, A lot of times people want to make it a little bit more complicated than it has to be. Um, But the simple definition, I think, is communication with the Father. Do you think prayer is a little daunting to people? I think it can be, yes. A lot of times people, they um, maybe have insecurities about prayer. They have insecurities about what to say. And I try to just encourage people, you know, just just, to, just share your heart. You know, share what's on your heart. If, if you're experiencing doubt, then tell God about your doubt. If mm. you're experiencing praise and tell God about your praise. You know, it's just a communication with the Lord. Anything different between personal prayer and corporate prayer like we would do on a Sunday in a Sunday service? Like what kind of things are you thinking about during the pastoral prayer? 
Uh, typically, during the pastoral prayer, I try to incorporate uh, the um, acronym. You, I'm sure everyone, most people have heard the acronym ACTS, uh, where we basically start out with adoration. The A stands for adoration, and so we praise God for who He is, His character. Um, and then that moves into confession, which is the C. And so um, just a season of confessing our sin, recognizing that we are all sinners in the need of a Savior. And then the T uh, stands for thanksgiving. And so uh, try to spend some time in thanksgiving to God for His grace and His forgiveness and what He has done for us. And then moving into the S, which is supplication, I will um, spend some time praying over the needs that are in our congregation. So uh, someone that's hurting, someone that's suffering physically, um, you know, if there's, a, if there's a pressing need in our country. A couple of weeks ago, there was the hurricanes that came through, and so we spent a little bit of time in our prayer time praying over the needs of those who have been affected by the hurricane. So those are the kind of things that I like to remember in my prayer times. I remember those. Uh, I remember when we prayed for those that have been affected by the hurricane. Um, when we talk about uh, the Scripture exhorts us to pray without ceasing, why is that the case? And what does that mean? Do we are always with our head bowed at home beside our bed? Or how can we pray without ceasing? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, actually, I'm going to be preaching this coming Sunday from First Thessalonians 5. Uh, where Paul says that we are to pray um, without ceasing. And I, I believe that pray, pray without ceasing is an attitude of the heart. And it means that as we are going through our day, that we are in communication with God as, as we're able or as things come to our hearts, as things come to our minds. Obviously, you're in a high-pressure job. If you're in a high-pressure job and you're, you know, let's, let's just use a school teacher, for example. A school teacher is not going to be able to stop and pray, you know, regularly, but they may get a few quiet moments where uh, they can just offer up a, a sentence prayer to God um, throughout their day. And so it's, a, it's an attitude of constant communication with the Father. Mm, I love that. I recently heard a comedian mention, and he was joking, doing his sketch or whatever about, Somebody asked him to pray for something. He's like, I'm not going to pray about that. That's too small. You know, he's just kind of poking fun. But is there anything that we should not bring to the Lord in prayer? Hmm. I don't think there's anything that we can't bring to the Lord in prayer. I think that, you know, what we might consider to be something that's small, um, God is concerned about that as as well, you know. How can we foster more prayer in our personal life. Mm. I think it's important to set aside some time each day. Uh, that's one of the things I mentioned this past Sunday is you have to have a plan. I think you have to have a plan. I think if you don't have a plan, then it's not going to, most likely it's not going to happen. So set aside some time in your day. I think, I think the psalmist would indicate that in the morning is the best time as your day is getting started. Yeah, Psalm 63. Yeah, Psalm 63. Um, so I think starting off your day in, in prayer, um, setting aside some special time 
in your day where you can just get alone with the Lord in, in prayer? This is a, a systematic question. What, what do you think the relationship is between God's sovereignty and bringing prayers of petition to God? Hmm. I think that as we pray, we are uh, obviously communing with the Lord and understanding that God does have a perfect will in all things. And so we are praying and asking and in, and that we would be in agreement with his will. You know, that we're praying for certain things in agreement with God's will and God's plan. We have, uh, listeners, we have a weekly pastor's meeting here at Bethel, and one of my favorite things about that time is uh, not only being together, but our prayer time that we spend at the top of every pastor's meeting. Uh, It's always super, super encouraging, and um, God gives us His redeeming grace through prayer. I mean, we we think we're changed as we pray. Mm, That's a means of prayer. Absolutely, yes, yes. God changes us in the midst of our prayer. What is it that Mark Dever said in corporate worship, like, pray so much that those that don't care about prayer will be bored? Or You remember we said uh, that? Yeah, I can't remember the exact quote, but that sounds <laughs> sounds like Dever. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, well, often you think of fasting when it comes to uh, prayer. Prayer and fasting kind of go hand in hand. Uh, what is the biblical driver for or definition, understanding of fasting? Fasting is a spiritual discipline that I think a lot of people overlook um, because we are Mm. Americans and we like food. (laughs) Uh, But Jesus Jesus had a lot to say about fasting. In fact, in Matthew 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is giving some instructions. He talks about prayer in the beginning of uh, Matthew 6, but then he also says, In chapter 6, verse 16, he says, And when you pray, dot, 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 he goes into some instructions. It doesn't say if you pray. Jesus uh, assumes that we are going to, um, we're going, I should have said, and when you fast, I'm sorry, when you fast, dot, dot, dot. So Jesus assumes that we're going to fast. Um, He makes the assumption that that's something that we are practicing. And so fasting is, a time for us as believers to set aside something that we love for someone that we love even more. Oh, that's excellent. So, like as, as I said, a lot of times as Americans, you know, think about how much time we spend thinking about food. You know, what I'm going to eat in the morning, what am I going to eat for lunch, you know, what's going to be for supper. Uh, all the time we spend at the grocery store buying food and preparing food. And so we're consumed with food and, and really food dominates a lot of our lives. And so and during fasting, we are setting aside that so that we can depend upon God more. Mm. Yesterday, as you called the church to prayer and fasting, it was about three o'clock. I hadn't eaten, I hadn't drink, drunk anything either. And it was about 3 o'clock. I was washing my hands, and I was thinking, Lord, I need help me to pray more to you because it's not that we're just taking those things away and filling it up with TV. Like we're fasting so we can commune with God more, Yes. not play video games more, or not just to like self, self-inflict ourselves with not eating. 
Exactly. So during the time that I would normally be going to somewhere, Chick-fil-A or somewhere to buy lunch. So normally during that time, I'm going to use that extra 30 minutes or 45 minutes to spend in prayer. And the same goes for, you know, for our supper time as we normally would gather together as a family. Um, You know, I just excuse myself and go somewhere quiet where I can spend time with God. I appreciate what you said on Sunday about, you know, if if you're not physically able to fast from food, then you can fast from other things that, you know, maybe have a very prominent place in your life. What are some other things that that could trigger our minds to help think us up, think through some things that we could fast from? Well, the two things that come to mind first are television. Um, television, I think, dominates a lot of our minds and our thoughts. And, you know, fasting from television is something that could give us more time to spend with the Lord. Um, another is social media. You know, all the time that people spend scrolling, uh, that time could be spent um, on their knees or mm-hmm. in God's presence. So I had a couple of people that reached out to me on Sunday afternoon and said that they were going to be fasting from social media yesterday. Hmm. So that was encouraging. Yeah. I think it was John Piper that said that uh, social media and Twitter, when all things uh, on earth end, that when we get to heaven, it will prove one thing. It'll prove many, but it'll prove one thing is that there was time to pray. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there was time to pray. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so we should do we should do the biblical fasting so that we um, pursue God and seek His goodness more, and we can fast from other things other than food. What's your hope for Bethel this year uh, related to communion with the Lord? I know you want us to have some days of prayer and. If you could just talk to each person in the church one-on-one through this podcast or maybe those that are living in Asia that listen to this podcast, what, what would you say your, your, your prayer as a pastor for the mm. church is? Well, that's a great question. Um, let me back up, if I could, real quick on fasting again because I think um, I want to make sure I, I point out that Jesus does make a point in Matthew 6 that for the most part, fasting is something that's done in secret. Um, he makes that very clear um, in Matthew 6. However, I do think that there are other passages of Scripture in the Old Testament where a corporate fast was called. Okay. And so there are seasons, there are special times whenever the church is called to fast. Um, for the most part, though, let me, I just think it's important to point out that Fasting is not something that you want to wear as a badge on your collar. Um, it's something that you normally would do quietly. Nobody else knows it, just between you and God, you and the Father. Um, but as I said, there are certain times and seasons that the church can be called to a day of fasting. That's really helpful. Yeah. So, But um, back to your other question. So my, my prayer for our church uh, going into this new year is that we would depend upon God more than we ever have in the past. Um, you know, we as hmm. followers of Christ need to be able to 
abide in him, as John 15 says. And the way that we abide in him is through prayer and through obedience to his word. And so uh, my prayer is that we would make, um, you know, prayer a priority in our personal lives, that we make prayer a priority in our church, um, that it runs throughout the whole church body, whether that's in the student ministry or whether that's in the worship ministry or um, committees that are meeting, you know, that we just bring everything that we do uh, before the Father in prayer. Mm. What is it Jesus said, my house should be called a house of prayer. Absolutely. Why do you think it's so easy to run on, uh, we talked about this in our pastor's meeting just a few minutes ago, on self-sufficiency? Like, we don't intend to always do that. We just can find ourselves being self-sufficient. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the uh, natural default of the heart, you know, that we are just, we can do things on our own, and we have to, we just have to come to the point where we realize that we can't do anything without, without God at our side, without mm-hmm. God driving the, driving the, driving the seat, yeah. right in, the, in the driver's seat. And that comes back to John 15, without him we can do nothing. Right. What are some uh, prayer strategies that you do? I know you've you've talked to us before about you pray through the membership of the church and yeah. So I have um, I've tried different things uh, over the years. Not you know I've tried different different prayer strategies and different things that I've tried to do. Um, one thing that helps me a lot is is to keep a journal, and so I have a prayer journal that I try to keep up with writing down specific prayer requests and I don't as 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 you get older you forget things and so um, there's nothing wrong with keeping a prayer list and continuing to go back to that prayer list you mentioned the church directory that's something that anybody can can do you know and I encourage our church family to pray through the church directory to pray for families Pray for people in your Bible fellowship classes and, and just, um, you know, make prayer a regular part of your relationship with the Lord. Hmm. Should we pray for our enemies? Absolutely. That's what Jesus says. Yes, we should. It's hard, but that's what God tells us to do. Somebody that maybe rubs you the wrong way or... Uh, takes extra grace required on an interaction. Mm. If you pray for those people, you find your heart can soften with compassion for them and less judgmental frustration. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Any books you would recommend on uh, prayer? I know you're a big reader. Well, I have, I just finished up, um, J- uh, Alistair Begg has a, a book called Pray Big. Oh. It was really helpful. He looked. He looks at the prayers in the book of Ephesians in that book, and uh, talks about how a lot of our prayers are small prayers, and and uh, we need to be praying big prayers before the Lord. So that was a good one. Well, I've got to read that. I've never read anything by Alistair Begg. I love to hear him speak. Yeah, yeah, he's good. And then Tim Keller has a has a book called Prayer, and it's a it's a really helpful helpful book as well. Mm-hmm. I love Tim Keller's writings. He's so thoughtful. Mm-hmm. He is. Yeah, definitely. 
Anything else that you would like to leave the listener with on this topic of prayer? Well, I would just encourage everyone to think about, you know, what did Jesus model for us while he was here upon the earth? You know, Jesus came here and he obviously lived a perfect and a sinless life, but there are numerous passages of scripture where it says that Jesus got alone with the Father. And he, uh, a couple of times it says that he prayed through the night. Uh, Of course, we read about the high priestly prayer in John 17. We read about the the prayer at Gethsemane. Um, We see Jesus praying all throughout the scriptures. And if God the Son spent so much time in prayer, then certainly I need to spend time in prayer. Um, And of course, we know that the disciples uh, came to Jesus, and after seeing him pray, after hearing him pray, what did they ask? Jesus, teach us to pray. And so I think using, just seeing that example is, uh, is great motivation for me and hopefully for our listeners to pray. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor. It's really good. Oh, absolutely. It's been a joy. Well, thank you for listening and joining in on this episode of Doxology Matters. We pray that you've been encouraged and that your prayer life in 2022 will be richer and that you'll grow in the grace of Jesus Christ. You can subscribe, uh, Apple Podcast or Spotify or any other platform that you find podcasts. We'd love for you to subscribe and listen and be encouraged. We're doing this podcast to serve you that uh, your, your doxology of your life would be a, a continual praise of Almighty God and that you would think deeply about God's Word as you bring Him praise. Lord bless you in this new year and thanks for listening.